This episode of Another Mother Runner is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allow you to charge your phone on the go. For $20 off a suitcase, go to awaytravel.com AMR and use the promo code AMR. That's awaytravel.com AMR, promo code AMR. Thanks to Living Proof for supporting Another Mother Runner. Switch to Living Proof today by visiting livingproof.com slash AMR and use promo code AMR to get a free sample of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. Welcome to another Mother Runner Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. And our producer was making me laugh too much before. <laughs> so we're, we're already starting off strong. We are already having a good old time on this podcast. Yep, yep, we sure are. So, uh, so Dim, today is a rare rest day Tuesday for me. Why? Because why? rare and rest day and Tuesday are don't go together in your world uh, very do, often. They do not usually. Friday is a rest day for me. But it, it makes me laugh, though, sometimes because our colleague, Katie, I one time said something to her. She was like, oh, what are you doing for a workout or whatever? And I was like, oh, no, today's a rest day. And she was like, you're not on a training plan. I was like, yeah, no, I still have a rest day. So it just, um, like, do you have rest days when you're not on a training plan? And it led me to think, do you have, like, a kind of a general idea of what you're doing for workouts? I mean, how- yeah, well, that's funny. It's funny. Um, yes, I do. And I think we actually named it like the Dimity Cha-Cha or the Rumba or something like that. Cause I usually go three off, two off, three oh. off, two off. So that's, I mean, that's typically how I roll. It depends upon, oh. you know, travel and kids schedules and stuff. Um, and how, what I've been doing, like what I did, but I, because I, most of my workouts these days are in the 60 minute range for cardio, like it doesn't necessitate like, you know, um, you know, like if I ran hard on Saturday, I would have to take Sunday off. Like that, that doesn't enter into my equation anymore. Now it's more, you know, motivation and, you know, um, purpose, I guess <laughs> a little bit if I'm being honest. So, um, so yeah, so no, I don't, I, but I do have rest days for sure. I mean, I, I definitely think after three days I need a day off. Um, okay. and the day off for me can be a walk. Um, I, I will walk, you know, um, my dog or just walk by myself and listen to a podcast or not. That's, um, that's what I did this morning. I, uh, because I was like, okay, I'm going to totally sleep in because Tuesday is usually my cycle bar day, which involves getting up at 447. Oh, uh, geez. So, um, yeah, I woke up at 405 and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that today. And, but then woke up before, well before my alarm and I was like, oh, I'll get up and listen to the daily and, you know, go, go on a walk. And um, since Augie sleeps until like 8.30 or 9, I don't take him with me. But I went out and there was a rogue dog. There was a dog, somebody's dog had gotten out. And so I um, chased that down and finally got him to, or her to come to me and put it in. I figured out what whose dog it was and that the gate to their back, uh, their yard was open. And so I put the dog back in. And I've since tried to go down to that neighbor's house twice to make sure that everything's okay. Um, yeah. And I haven't, they haven't answered their door. Oh my gosh. I just have to take a minute here and like go back a year in time Uh because Sarah, you know, prior to pre-Augie, there is no way, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm always right, at least on this, in this occasion, (laughs) that you would have taken a stray, approached a stray dog first of all. 
Yeah, no, I knew it wasn't a stray. It had a collar on it. Well, I know, but would you, but prior to having owning a dog, would you have tried to do something with that dog? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I miss, I'm not quite miss nosy neighbor, but I'm pretty close. No, but I mean, that knows it. I mean, talk talking about the animal because I feel like you weren't, you didn't like you. I mean, it seemed to me like you weren't really fond of dogs. Oh no, that's a misconception. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, I'm wrong. I stand corrected. Yeah. I mean, I still, I'm not crazy about this dog that I, that I gathered up this morning. <laughs> um, it, Let's it, be honest. He smelled yeah. and had fleas. No, that, that dog and it's yippy other, it's dog buddy that, you know, is both owned by the same person. Um, they always bark at Augie and they don't seem very friendly. And, and, but this dog was just like, I mean, I was really worried it was going to go toward our street, which is busy. This was two blocks away from oh, okay. And, right. um, and so then, but, but you know what I have learned in the past year, I pretended to have a treat and I kept saying treat, treat. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Like yeah. It. And then finally when I went and then see, they have a side yard that has a gate and, um, but the, they also have a door, they have a, um, like a deck or a porch and the door, one of the side doors to the side yard and the porch was open. And so it, the other dog that was still inside the yard would like run to the front door when I'd go there and then it would run outside. And I just was like, that seems really weird. Hmm. So I'm just a little concerned. So, uh, all right. Yeah. All so right. I just, well, I don't I, you for getting the dog back. I, I stand yeah. corrected. I, I, yeah. I just, I guess I did, couldn't see you doing that, but you know, yeah. we surprise each other every day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so um, it, but yeah, I did. At least I felt like, oh yeah, I know what to say to get it to come toward me and lend, you know, bend down and hold my hands out. Like I got something in it, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, but uh, so I did get out as you said, um, you know, you still get out and do something. I just was like, oh, okay, it's dry. And, and, um, you know, I want to listen to the daily without anybody interrupting me. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go out there. And so, but I did pause the daily to get the dog and then I started it back up again. So, uh, so you want to know what I did this morning? What'd you do this morning? I, um, I resurrected my love hate affair relationship with the, um, assisted pull-up machine. Oh. Um, there was, used to be a time in my life, you know, when I was like, okay, I'm going to get to zero. Like I'm going to be able to pull up my, all my own weight, which I have, for the record, I have never done, and I, I don't think many women have, to be honest with you, unless you're like a gymnast. But, um, but you know, like I, I, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to be something I'm going to work on. I'm going to, you know, do this, and then you know, kind of just go up because you can, you know, gradually by ten pounds, yeah, increase your um, and geez, it just doesn't, you know, I, I was supported by more than half my weight. Um, <laughs> I had a ways to go if I'm going to get to zero again, but. There's something about that machine that I just makes me feel strong, even if it is, you know, even if I am on my knees and it's lifting more than half my weight. You know, the like, thing, I feel like you don't see that machine all that often anymore. It used to be so ubiquitous at places. I feel like, well, I mean, I only have two gyms to go off of here in Denver, but it was at both of them. So. Oh yeah. No. Um, um, the only gym I go to okay, very rarely these days is Molly um, has a really great, um, is it life? No. Yeah. LA, what's the LA, LA fitness? fitness? Yeah. Cause she calls it law fitness. So LA fitness, um, here, she got some amazing membership that they don't offer anymore that you can take in like two or three free guests every time you go. Oh, so wow. yeah. So, so sometimes we'll go there and, you know, I don't know, do a spinning class or occasionally I've run on treadmills next to each other when, when it's super slippery out. And, um, so yeah, they don't have one there. That's, that's way above their pay grade. 
Um, well, okay, but the, let's let's be honest here. I'm I'm at the rec center, so it's not like it's like I'm not at some like boutique equinox. And my other one, my gym before that was 24 hour fitness, which I you know bought with a Costco membership. So I'm not you know this is not like you know only the she, she machine like this yeah, is no. um pretty pretty basic. But um, I can't. The last time I saw one of those was like when I lived in San Francisco, and it was at um, USF where I had a membership that I would use their You're making pool. it sound like it's like, you know, like a Nordic track, not a Nordic, yeah, like a Nordic track. Like it's not that rare, I don't think. I don't know, well, people have to let people, us know. People need to tweet to us. machine, you know, and then, and then you do the pull-ups and then you do the tricep dips, right? You, we're talking about the same machine, right? It's quite large and it's yeah. uh, largely black and kind of matte and has- As um, most exercise machines are. But it's very I mean, large, it's very large, right? Yeah, I mean, it's tall. It's tall. And is it electric? And it does the toot toot you put in the percentage? Or you oh actually- gosh, no, no, no! It's not electric. Oh yeah. No, no. It's just um, it's just like a regular. I mean, Nautilus is the word that I you know. It's with mm. all the other machines. Oh know? yeah, no. I'm envisioning those huge, huge ones that you know you put in the percentage and then you press a button and then it does the. No, no, no. This one you just take out the pin, put it in the number that gotcha. you want, put no, it in. No, 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 no. Go up by ten, you know, and then the next one up would would be ten pounds heavier. Oh yeah, no, no, so, no. I'm thinking of the automated ones. Oh that, that no, 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 no. There's no automated. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. I mean, gosh, that feels like super old. Yes, you're right. That that is an old machine. But um, anyway, I think we should launch into our questions before we yeah, go yeah, too yeah, deep yeah, into yeah. the weeds about dogs yeah. and pull-up machines. My God. Yeah, yeah. So, well, there are two things before we dive in. Um, I, we have an easy answer for Amanda in um, is it Waukesha? Waukesha, thank you. Yeah. I was going to say Waukesha. <laughs> <laughs> Waukesha, Wisconsin, who's looking for ideas for a Halloween costume to wear in a running race. And Dim, this is, they need to play this on Thursday because this is so throwback Thursday. Um, uh, Amanda needs to go way back into the AMR podcast archives to episode number seven when we had Kelly Lewis from Sparkle Athletic on as a guest and she gave loads of great runnable costume ideas. So um, there you go. Though, can you get all those on iTunes? Like uh, yes, one yes, through seven? Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I want to listen to that, but okay. I don't, I don't Good to know. know. Good to know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if every other um, podcast app would have them, but on iTunes for sure, they're all still there. Okay. Yeah. 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 And you know, if people really do a deep dive, they can always find our very first podcast episode, that one that Phoebe up in New Hampshire interviewed us. Yeah, I do remember that. And that's the one that I drank half a beer before, or half a glass of wine, I think it was. (laughs) During the day. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes, I remember it clear as day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thanks to Away for supporting our podcast. Away makes colorful, high quality suitcases that are affordable and charge your phone. Plus, it turns out, Away is the it luggage these days. Thanks to a New York Times article, I now know wired millennials appreciate Away's bright colors and charging capabilities, to which I say, so do mother runners. Away offers an array of options, more than 10 colors plus five sizes. The carry-on bags feature two USB ports and a high-capacity battery that allows you to charge multiple devices on the go. On recent business trips, I didn't have to sharpen my elbows to find a seat near an outlet. The Away carry-on let me charge my iPhone, and the AMR iPad right at the gate. Away pieces are ultra durable yet lightweight, made with premium impact resistant polycarbonate. And the patent pending interior compression system tightly buckles away bulky items, including running shoes. 
OA offers a risk-free 100-day trial period. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. Plus, free shipping anywhere in the lower 48 states. OA has a special offer just for listeners of this show. For $20 off a suitcase, go to awaytravel.com AMR and use promo code AMR at checkout. That's awaytravel.com AMR, promo code AMR. I have so many half-empty containers of hair products because nothing I've tried lives up to its promises. Then I found Living Proof. They approach beauty challenges with technology from MIT scientists. MIT. It tells me we're dealing with science here, not marketing gimmicks. From frizz to damage to fullness, Living Proof products do exactly what they claim to do without using silicones, parabens, phthalates, or animal testing. Living here in humid Portland, I've fallen in love with their Instant Defrizzer, a dry conditioning spray that instantly tames frizz on dry hair by adding softness, smoothness, and shine. It completely improves the look and feel of my hair. Then there's their award-winning dry shampoo that actually cleans your hair. Unlike other dry shampoos, Living Proof doesn't just mask oil, sweat, and odors, but removes them completely, leaving your hair looking clean, fresh, and ready to take on the day. I used it after cycle bar class, in which I sweat like I'm in the Sahara at noontime, and I was amazed by how it transformed my hair. It's perfect for times when you can't shower post-run, like on super busy mornings or after a lunchtime workout. Do what I did and make the switch to Living Proof today by visiting livingproof.com AMR and use promo code AMR to get a free sample of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. That's livingproof.com AMR, promo code AMR for a free sample of dry shampoo with your purchase. livingproof.com AMR, promo code AMR. All right. Well, our first question comes from Patty in Elk Grove, California, and it's a timely question with it being race season and all. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. My name's Patty calling from Elk Grove, California. Um, I just had a question on how to deal with anxiety before a race. Um, it's I get really anxious on the day of a race before the race starts, and I have a problem getting any food down, you know, when I'm trying to run like a half marathon or something. So I know I need to eat. But um, I just get so nervous before the race that I can't even choke food down. It's not a problem of training because I've done multiple training plans with you guys. So I'm always trained for the race. It's just the anxiety of completing the race. And I'm just wondering if you guys have any pointers on how I can help alleviate uh, the anxiety. Thanks for all your help. Oh, the big scarlet A, huh? <laughs> Anxiety. Anxiety, yes. That is, a, that is um, first of all, I think it's way more common than you mm-hmm. think. Yes. And like we said at the Twin Cities Marathon, when you are standing at the starting line or that morning and you have that nauseous butterfly, oh my gosh, what have I signed up for feeling? It means that you're invested. It means that you care. Mm-hmm. It means that you want to have a good day and you're not sure if it's going to have a good day. And there's very, I mean, as an adult, I mean, uh, Justin Ross talks about us living in um, like a 72 degree thermostat world, right? Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like, oh, it's a little cold. Okay, I'll turn it up. I'm not going to put on a sweater, you know, like, (laughs) and I think, you know, so that feeling is, um, you know, not always familiar, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And also what I uh, tell my kids, like when they have 
a tryout for a play or I don't know, a big game or something like that. I, I try to reframe it and say, Oh, you know, they'll be like, Oh, I'm so anxious. I'm so nervous. And I'm like, no, maybe you're excited. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Yeah. We can so, definitely put some perspective on that. Yeah. I like and, that. But I have to say, I really, really related. And and reading this question from Patty brought me immediately back to him to before in 2007, before we ran the Nike Women's Marathon, the thing that kicked this whole party off, mm-hmm. um, which is that that was the first time I ever started gagging on my toothbrush while brushing my teeth before a race hmm. and, and then kind of dry heaving into the hotel sink. Oh uh, lucky for oh. you, we had separate hotel rooms. <laughs> Thank you, Nike. Um, and, um, uh, so then, you know, my solution to that was before races, don't brush your teeth. Don't brush. I was about to say, you know what? Just, just halitosis on the people next to you in your corral. No big. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yep. So, um, but yeah. a couple, like a couple practical things that I think are helpful. I mean, you do need to eat, right? And so maybe figuring out what you can eat. So practicing, you know, maybe a smoothie um, or something that can go down a little bit easier than say a big hunk of bagel, you know, mm-hmm. um, but okay. if you're, you're heading into like a half marathon or, or a marathon distance, a longer race, like you're going to want some fuel in your belly. Yeah. Um, I found, I found, cause I, I still oftentimes feel that way before a, a big race. Um, Oatmeal, I find particularly oatmeal. Sure, yep. um, You know, I mean, certainly um, toast with some very bland topping on it. Mm -hmm. Yep, as long as you moisturize it enough. Dry toast, you know, (laughs) butter or something. Um, But the other thing, um, if you go back, since we're talking about archives in our thing, um, if you search on our um, on our website, another mother runner, or if you go back in our podcast feed, and I don't know what it is exactly, but you know, we'll link to it in the show notes. But Coach uh, Justin, uh, actually, I was just brought him up, not Coach Justin, Dr. Justin Ross, um, Mm -hmm. did a pre-race meditation um, for us as the move of the month. And it is in the AMR archive. So um, so we'll be sure to link to it. But that is something um, that is great to practice before your long runs. Mm -hmm. And then um, you could even start it, you know, in the morning if you wake up and you don't, you know, you have that kind of yucky feeling. You could listen to it then. You can definitely listen to, to it in the corral as you get yourself centered and breathing and focused on your breath and focused on your day. Um, mm-hmm. And then, also, and then um, I mean, the good news is that usually that feeling goes away as soon as you cross the starting line because then you're, then you're in motion, then you're moving forward, then you've got yeah. some, something to do, um, you know, and some <laughs> action to take. Yeah. Um, I, I, think that, sorry, go ahead, Sarah. I was going to say also music calms the savage beast. No, it also, uh, you know, can mitigate anxiety and that a lot of times the first songs of my playlist, which you can always start before the starting gun goes off are, you know, kind of calmer chill. Uh, yeah. Chill type. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, and then the final thing, and this, this gets a little bit deeper and I may, you know, I, I don't, uh, I definitely, I don't know Patty or her races or anything like that, but I would also wonder, um, what, what, if, if there's some external factor causing you anxiety, right? Mm. If you've got a family member who expects, who, who's told you that you're not a runner or, mm. um, or you're, you know, your husband is much faster than you. And so he thinks you're, and, and I'm making all of this up, you know, your two thirty marathon, half marathon time isn't fast enough, or you've got a friend who, whatever. I mean, you know, there's something that mm-hmm. where you feel like you have to go prove something beyond mm-hmm. what your goals are for that day, that, you know, that can often get my stomach roiling um, and kind of get me off of my game. So again, I don't know you, I don't know if that's a situation, but it's just something to think about 
if, if it could be. Yeah. And, uh, on that point, I would say sometimes with social media, there can be a, you just feel a lot of pressure thinking like, Oh, all my Facebook friends know I'm doing this or, Oh, I told everybody on Instagram, you know, I laid out the flat, flat patty or whatever. Sure. And so, you know, kind of maybe go rogue and, and just, um, if you are worried, if you anticipate having anxiety, then keep the race on the down low until it's on your, in your rear view mirror. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That helps a little bit, but you just know that most people feel it. And mm-hmm. I mean, the only other thing, uh, I feel like I have all these things keep popping in my head, but I mean, I could have puked my guts out the day before Ironman and the day, mm-hmm. the morning of. And so I just kept going through the motions. Okay. What do I have to get done this morning? Okay. I have to check my flat tires. I got to check my bike tires to make sure they're not flat. Do this, do that. Like, just like Give yourself just like a little checklist of stuff you have to do. Granted, with a, a running race, it's not quite as gear intensive as a triathlon, but sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it, you know, and just, yeah. okay, I'm going to go check my bag, then I'm going to go to the porta potty, then I'm going to go line up in my corral and do my meditation. And that's how it's supposed and, to be. And sometimes talking to your, saying those things in your head, because then, I mean, you have, you know, unless um, other people are able to not have any narrative in their head at the time, you know, to think I'm walking to the porta potty. I'm going to the porta potty right now. Here I go. I'm going to the porta potty. So then other thoughts can intrude in your head, you know? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, this question comes from Kathleen, who's calling from Virginia. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Kathleen calling from Virginia. I have two boys, ages eight and five, and my question has to do with marathon training. I am training for my first marathon this fall, and I am definitely a middle or back of the packer. I think it will probably take me close to five hours to complete the marathon. And I remember in the past, I've heard on your podcast that um, it's been recommended that um, even when a training plan has you going for a long run of 18 or 20 miles, that once you get up to running for three hours, that at that point you should think about stopping. My question is, if the most I run at any single time is three hours, and then in the marathon I'll be running for possibly an hour and a half to two hours more than that, um, is that really a good idea? Um, Should I still go up to 20 miles, even if it will take me, more than three hours or should I just cap it at three hours and assume that adrenaline will take me through the last hour and a half to two hours on race day. Thank you so much. And I'm really enjoying the podcast. Bye-bye. And so, okay. So Kathleen, um, you left that message about a month ago, so I'm sorry we didn't get to it sooner, but hopefully (laughs) it will inform others who are in a similar situation. And Dim, like, do you recall ever us ever giving that advice about, um, you know, it stop at three hours? Because I, I don't. Um, it's actually so. Um, both Coach Amanda and um, Coach MK, I believe Coach MK, but she might be. I think it goes up to 240 minutes. I think it's four hours. Yeah. Um, I don't that, have that sounded, right in that front That sounded of me. more familiar to me. Yeah. yeah I, thought, I thought three, I'm like, oh gosh, my, you know, even when I was trained for Boston, sometimes my runs went over three hours. Like, Yeah. I mean, what happens at the four hour mark for most people is that you point, you pass the point. What, what happens after four hours is your physical gains you get from running to say four hours and 15 minutes or 30 or 40 or whatever. Um, are trumped by the damage that you're doing to your body and mm-hmm. the recovery that's going you're going to need to have mm-hmm. to finish your training cycle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to balance you're balancing the two things and what we want to do is keep you healthy and your muscles 
able to relatively rebound so that you can finish your training cycle strong because that run will just bake into your muscles and, Mm -hmm. um, and get you, um, with a taper to your marathon distance race. So basically like four hours is the cutoff point. And so a lot of people are not a lot, but I would say a nice handful of coaches give you, um, time instead of mileage, because obviously it mat- it varies so much from, from runner to runner. So yeah. that's where I would say the tipping point is. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. Because, and you do, um, you know, I figure let's use this as an opportunity as a teaching moment that, that you think about, Oh, okay, well then I'm going to cap my run at four hours. And, and then, you know, you're going to, because you don't want to do damage because you have another week of training and a week after that and a week after that. And then, then I think some fear and concern can enter in and think, well, I didn't, I didn't go, you know, oh gosh, I only made it to 18.8 miles in that four hours or something like that. And you have to remember that that, that training, that training run is in the midst of a whole big training cycle with all sorts of workouts around it. Whereas with your race itself, you're going to have tapered for three or maybe two weeks, depending on what plan you're on. And so that you're going to have far fresher legs and so if you are going to, as, as Kathleen and other runners might anticipate going, you know, needing more than four hours to go 26.2 miles, you're going to be on fresh legs. So it will be, you know, perhaps you're going to cover further distance in that original four hours of the marathon. Than you would. Sure. You're going to be fresh legs. You're going to be tapered. You're going to be in a crowd. You're going to have, I mean, it's, it's like, a, it's a party. So yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot, but yeah, going over four hours is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, this next question comes from Heather, who is not too far from here in Hood River, Oregon. Hey, this is Heather from Hood River, Oregon. And my question was regarding like mental toughness. I have been running for over 20 years. I've run multiple marathons, half marathons. Um, a year ago, I had just a hip repair, not a hip replacement, but a hip repair. And um, since then, um, I have a very willing body, very willing legs, very willing lungs, but my mind is not willing. My mental toughness has evaporated. And I'm just curious if you guys have any suggestions or comments on how to regain that mental toughness. Thanks. Looking forward to hearing with your answers. So, Dim, this is one of numerous questions we had regarding mental toughness and that spark, someone else used that term, that gets them out the door. So um, let's be self-referential and <laughs> suggest another <laughs> third time. Third time's the charm. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was uh, again from Dr. Justin Ross. It was um, he was on a great episode, uh, number two two four, which was from August of 2016, and the episode is called "The Mental Side of Running." And um, so, yeah, I mean, you you know, what are what are your thoughts? How how to get it back? Um. So first of all, I would say that you probably feel pretty vulnerable from having hip repair, hip surgery Mm -hmm. um, for hip repair. And um, so that is, you know, even if you say like, oh, it's, you know, the doctor's giving you 100% clearance and it feels rock star strong, you -hmm. still have that little kind of voice on your shoulder or in the back of your head saying, oh my gosh, I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to go through that again. It was painful. It took forever. I, you know, I was out of running mm-hmm. and um, that's a scary place to be for sure. So, um, so respect that voice. Um, and then as far as mental toughness goes, I mean, and this, it's, this sounds kind of wishy-washy, but, um, but I truly believe it. Um, I think there's seasons for everything. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, there's a time to push, there's also a time to reap and a time to sow, but, um, <laughs> thank you. But, thank you. Cause it was going through my head. <laughs> um, but I mean, seriously, like I, you know, I guess I wouldn't, 
see it as a lack of something. I would see it as maybe a chance to kind of come at running with a new perspective. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you can't be a strong runner again. It doesn't mean that you can't add to your 20, you know, your two decades of running. It just means like, oh, you know what? I was planting all these seeds in this one garden. And um, it turns out that, you know, that garden had to be ripped up. So now I'm going to move a little bit over and I'm going to start planting new seeds in this garden. And it's going to be different. I'm going to be growing different flowers, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to bloom as lovely. It doesn't mean that I can't nurture them and help them you know, become adults or I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of yep. going out on a limb, but I just want to make it clear. Like, I don't, I don't feel like, like she's lost anything. I feel like she's just in a different place. I love that. I love that imagery. I can see that garden in my mind. <laughs> yeah, in your language, right? <laughs> yeah, you sure are. Um, so, and also that I, I think for some of these people, you know, if you're not feeling the spark to go running, well, kind of think about what you are feeling jazzed up to do because we want you to keep moving forward. It sounds like all these people who write in these questions are wanting to continue moving. And, you know, so maybe it's a new way and that, you know, that's definitely what I've discovered during this um, extended bout with plantar fasciitis is how much I enjoy cycling. So, you know, mm-hmm. look at, look at me planning on a Friday bike ride, you know, leave your kids behind Sarah. We're, we're not dumb. <laughs> um, yeah. But I kind of see them a little bit as two separate questions. I mean, I, I get the spark question and maybe we can cover that in another one, but I mean, I kind of see this as like, oh, I used to be able to like grit it out, you know, like Heather mm-hmm. used to be able to grit it out and really go for it. And now she's feeling like, you know, she just doesn't want to, when she gets, if she gets to do a race situation, she's like, eh, I'm going to, you know, hang at a pace that feels okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I hear a question, mm-hmm. but you know, it's mm-hmm. always different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, like that. I like your read on it. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, um, I mean, that that, I think the spark, I think we could do a whole thing on spark um, mm -hmm. and getting out the, because it is, it's definitely, um, you know, I mean, I make it, I personally right now make it sound like it's easy and it is easy at times, but there's also, you know, there's also that, you know, there's always inertia knocking at your door, right? Oh, well, this, this <laughs> that like works. son of a bitch never stops, you know, even though I say no solicitors, it just keeps coming and coming and coming, you know? And uh, this morning walking back from my, you know, my little 20 minute walk, I thought, gosh, it's just so not stressful. Get, you know, this sleeping in and not doing a big workout, man, it makes me just not stressed to start my day. Yeah, for sure. For well, sure. Well, and I mean, you know, going back, I was going to bring this up, but I didn't. Um, but I mean, one of the things that's, that's hard for me right now is my kids school, their entire district moved their start time back one hour. Oh. So what at you all you already were early that's insane no it's back an hour so now oh. and so basically like um one kid the high schooler goes to gets picked up or i drive her at like 7 50 the oh. other one at like 8 20 and then on wednesdays they have late start beyond that so i mean literally on wednesday mornings my house isn't my own until 9 30 which i know if you have ankle biters you're like my house is never my own but <laughs> Um, we are early morning people. And so I used to have this sense of urgency, right? To get up, work out, come home, get the kids off, start my day. Yep. Like, I don't have that urgency anymore. And that mm-hmm. is hard. I mean, mm-hmm. I was going to kind of write a post about it at some point, so we don't have to go too deep into it. But I just want to say like, you know, again, it's different seasons. Yep. Yeah. Wow, Jim, that's, that's rocking your world. I know you, I, you know, I sit down at my desk and it's like, oh my gosh, Jim, has been working for like half the day already. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's my natural rhythm, but then it's also, and then, I mean, you know, my, my, my baseline rec center that doesn't have the high tech pull-up machine um, <laughs> is right by 
my, or it's close to the kid's school. So that's also mm -hmm. a thing that comes. So if I still did 24 hour fitness, that's right around the corner. Uh -huh. But now it's like, I'm not going to go to the rec center, which is probably about 15 minutes away, come back and then drive mm -hmm. carpool on top of that. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, even yeah. with the Chrysler or Pacifica. And e <laughs> even with an e-hybrid, I was just saying the same thing. I mean, that's. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're off, we're off the highway here. We're yeah, off the yeah, AMR Answers yeah. Highway, but um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this question comes from Rachel in Olathe, Kansas, which is where we'll be a stone's throw from a day after this podcast airs. Hi, my name is Rachel and I'm calling from Olathe, Kansas. I'm a mother brother of two fuzzy four-legged animals. Um, my question is about, um, kind of embarrassing, but it is the puking after the race. Um, I tend to push myself at the end of every race, and no matter what I eat or don't eat, um, without fail, I start gagging at the end, and rarely is there actually a uh, area where that can occur. There's no vomit zone. Um, I was just wondering if you had any um, advice for someone who might be having difficulty with that, especially since it doesn't seem that any other people finishing are struggling with the same thing I am. Thanks so much. Yeah, Dim. So, okay. So I completely related to this question too, because for a while, um, maybe it was four years ago, I totally suffered from puking after every race I did. And so I don't know whether Rachel is throwing up at the end, like at the finish line, or, you know, for me, it was anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes after a race. Hmm. And for and me, was it like real vomit or was it just like what we call oh, no, throwing it was, up in your mouth, you know? Oh, no. Oh, it was, no, it was finding bushes and heaving into them and oh having gosh, vomit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what I, and those were, I remember two of them in particular, one was in um, January. It's only half marathon at the time in Oregon in January. So that means cold and kind of rainy. And then the other one was in early April, which can still be kind of chilly by Oregon standards. And so I really tied it to, um, I have Raynaud's and so, you know, poor circulation in my hands and feet. And I just took it as like, my, my body was like, we got to get those hands and feet warm and we got to move away from her, the blood all the way from her mm -hmm. stomach. And, you know, so that it was just that, um, it was a, the, my stump. So I think, you know, and I think that happens for, that's also the reason why people get kind of queasy during a race is because they're. Um, blood is diverted from their digestive system to other harder working systems during a race. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, I think so. Def I mean, it's really, I mean, we're no MDs around here. <laughs> that was all, the extent of my medical knowledge right there that I just shared. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, I think, you know, um, maybe, maybe cold weather. I definitely know hot weather can bring on um, the, uh, the uh, barfy feeling. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, she pushes herself at the end of every race um, and she starts gagging. I mean, I wonder, I, I really, I got to say, I'm kind of stumped on this one other than I love the line. There's no vomit zone. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I love that line too. But, but Dim, when you were a highly competitive rower, you know, there's a lot of stories of people puking at that. Yeah, uh, it wasn't me. I never pushed oh. myself to the point of puking. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not interesting, but I mean, Yes, people would throw up on their ERG test. That's right. Uh, so yeah. what we had to do an ERG test was a two two thousand two k, which is two thousand mm -hmm. meters, a little over a mile, um, and you and you row it as fast as you can on the indoor rowing machine, which is mm -hmm. also a machine that's still at most gyms. Um, <laughs> and um, it, it yes, I remember definitely some college 
usually guys um, barfing. They would put a trash can next to them. I felt like it was more of like a, you know, macho masochistic thing than like actually that they needed to. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I, I guess, honestly, like I would ask um, a doctor or, I mean, if it's something that's concerning, I would definitely talk to your doctor about it. Other than that, I mean, I would just say maybe that's just the way that your body deals with harder efforts. And as long as you're okay with it and you can find your own little personal vomit zone, you know, and that might change with age or pace or whatever. But I mean, there's, you know, I would just say keep drinking electrolytes during the race um, because that will help you recover after you vomit and after your race. Other than that, um, I got, yeah. I got, that's about as, <laughs> as deep as my well goes. I guess, I mean, I, I think Rachel should sort of, you know, take a little pride because if it is a case of from going so hard that she vomits, I mean, I think there's something sort of badass in that. Well, there is so, for sure. You know, as long you know, as empty the tank. Care. That's, you know, how, you, how the tank then gets fully emptied. Um, yeah. And, and also, you know, afterwards then, you know, that's when chocolate milk is going to feel so good. It kind of coats the stomach. Uh, and, you know. do, you, do you really feel like drinking chocolate milk after you throw up? Oh, That's yeah. when you want to have brushed your teeth. That's when you need like a little wisp toothbrush because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> the idea of like, you know, like sucking down a chocolate milk that might have, you know, vomit overtones in it. Ugh. Oh, no, I think that ch- I think the milk really I can it's soothing qualities, you know, so I don't it know. It does. It does. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Um, well, on that note, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just have a weird like kind of taste in my mouth right now. Maybe. I'm- Okay. So, hey, and Dim, I think we, um, I put down one additional question if we need it. And I think given the theme that we have harkened back to several times, we have to ask this, have this one asked. It's um, from Christina in Summit, New Jersey. Hi, this is Christina from Summit, New Jersey. I'm a mother runner of one with one on the way in the next two weeks or so. Um, I wanted to see if you had any suggestions for what sort of um, cross-training equipment you would purchase if you were adding to your home gym. Um, we currently have a treadmill, which I use frequently, but I am debating between getting an elliptical, a rower, or a bike to kind of add in for those um, cross-training days. So I wanted to see what your pick would be for that sort of equipment. Thanks. So, so not- they have a treadmill, and they're yes. debating between getting an elliptical, a rower, or a bike of some kind for cross-training days. Mm-hmm. Um so if I were ranking those three things, if I wanted cardio and not like um, some strength stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I would say personally, I would say a bike yeah. um, because that is low impact. It's easy to use. Um, I got to say, I'm crushing a little bit. Is it the Peloton bikes that are mm. that you can, like, compete against your you yeah. Know. Uh, people who are a thousand miles away. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And they've got, you know, like really, uh, they look, it looks very cool. I, mm-hmm. I, um, uh, so I would say something like that. The problem with a rower is unless you are, and, and this can definitely be learned, but unless you were taught how to row properly at some oh, point, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it, it's not bad to do it wrong, but you just set yourself up maybe for some injury or not really um, using your muscles as, as effectively as it could be. I'm trying not to sound like a rowing snob. I'm just like mm-hmm. saying that, you know, um, if you do want to invest in a rower, I would, you know, either, um, you know, either watch some YouTube videos or figure out, um, you know, because it's really, it's really more of a leg, um, machine than an, an upper body machine, mm-hmm. um, leg and core, I would say. So just making sure that you use that the correct way. 
Yeah, maybe um, take that. You know, there's more. I think more and more indoor rowing classes. Mm-hmm. So somebody, you know, to take that or even get a private lesson because it is it. It's a very technical thing, and and you know, I'm sure you like I cringe when you see somebody at the gym, you know, using it the wrong way, and just like, oh, you're gonna hurt your back. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and like zipping and, up and down the slide, yeah. And, and is it just me or is the rowing machine like the world's most boring piece of exercise equipment? Um, I mean, it's definitely, (laughs) you know, when I was done with my rowing days, I was like, I'm never getting on an erg again. And I, and I never really did until I went to Orange Theory for a while. Uh Um, so that's, I mean, that's something to take into consideration with a rowing machine is that you don't really get programs, you know, like on an elliptical or a bike, you can, you know, vary the terrain that you're, you know, climbing or moving over. Um, you know, you can do hills, you can do, um, I mean, you can kind of do intervals on the rowing machine, but again, it's really, um, it's, you know, unless you spend some time figuring out how to, how to use it properly, I just, um, not sure you would get the most bang for your buck. So personally I would go between a bike and an elliptical and I would pick a bike because it is, um, great for injury. Like if you hurt your foot or you hurt, um, like your wrist or something like that, just say, but it's, that's a lot like the treadmill. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, I mean, I know they're different motions and, and one is impact and one is non-impact, but, um, there's something to be said for, for sitting down and cranking out some, some, some tough pedal strokes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's be honest, it's way easier to watch Netflix when you're sitting on a bike than, it is. than the other two. So the, right there, that's your decision maker. <laughs> <laughs> right there, right there. And finally, my last piece of advice, though, I would say is what would you use the most? Because that's, on, you know, if you are like, oh, I've always wanted to learn how to row, then buy the rower, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want it to become another expensive clothesline. So mm-hmm. what would your family um, most benefit from having you and your family? Yep, yep. And, you know, and get, get an assisted chin up machine you know just while you're at it <laughs> the really big ones that you have to plug in they're really really big right that you're going to have to have a crane lower down into your basement <laughs> um, we're gonna to need to it's a not a ah gosh we're gonna to need to remember the name of that thing anyway all right so questions 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 please call with your questions and the number is 470 badass one that is 470-223-2771 uh, please uh, say your first name and where you're calling from. Keep your message to 90 seconds or less. And one tip, we don't edit questions. And what I mean by that is if you leave a voicemail and realize you forgot to say your name or give some other important detail in your puzzle question, um, please just call back and re-record the message without saying that you just called and that you're adding something. I, we got several of those and I'm not being critical. I just wanted to clue people into this, to the way we work. And so, you know, if you or if you start to go off the rails or your kid like starts yelling at you, just hang up and call back fresh as if you've never called in before. And, and Sarah won't judge on that. She'll just know what happened. Your <laughs> right. kid went off the rails. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, and please tell your friends and family about this show as well as the regular Another Mother Runner podcast. We're really trying to bolster our number of downloads of our podcasts. Thank you. Keep the questions coming. We're here with answers. 